Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Bolton eBikes podcast. If you're new to the podcast, this is a place where you can learn all about electric bikes each time. I promise you will learn something new or something interesting. You'll be entertained. Whatever it is, you're going to get something, and it's going to be, I guarantee it, related to electric bicycles. I've got an interesting episode, as always. Today is just going to be you and me talking about whether or not you should build your own electric bike. Once again, thank you for listening. If you're new here, make sure to go to ebikepodcast.com and sign up for my email list because you get a chance to have email sent to you every time a new podcast episode comes out. You can see what content we're sending out and you also get a chance to enter to win an electric bike because I try to give away bikes or other things as often as I possibly can. Now, the last bike I gave away was the Mate X. I did a YouTube video review on that. You can find that on YouTube. I'll be honest, it wasn't the greatest bike review. However, with a couple of changes, it's a perfectly good bike, especially if it's free. So congratulations to Dewey over in Oakland, California, who just won that bike recently. I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you have many more e-bikes to come in the future. So let's jump into the meat of this episode. I like meat, especially bacon, by the way. But let's get into the content. Should you convert an e-bike or should you build your own electric bike? Now, I actually did a series of videos early on getting into YouTube about how to build your own bike and your own electric bike specifically. And basically in that video series, I went through every single step. If you had every single piece you needed for an electric bike, you could build one from watching those series of videos. You'd know how to put the frame together, put all the pieces on, how to put the wheels on. Now we don't go into every single little thing. We didn't lace up the wheels because that could be a whole other topic all on its own. But I did go through the process of, let's assume you have a bare frame, you've got a wheel set, you've got a motor. How do you put all of these pieces? How do you mount the battery and make your own electric bike? Now I've been getting more and more requests from people saying, hey, do you have a parts list for you know this bike series that you did? And unfortunately, I don't have a complete list. And that might be a little confusing. Why did I put a video showing how much work goes into that and not offer all the individual parts and pieces? Uh, and I'll tell you that the reason I don't currently offer that is because I realized after doing that, one, it's not easy for most people to do. You need a bunch of tools to install pieces on the bike. If you start adding all those things up, it gets expensive rather quickly. And most people don't want to build their own bike is what I found. So it just made more sense to have complete electric bikes. But for those that are toying with the idea, they want to build their own. Usually they have a few questions about whether or not they should. And I want to get one of these out of the way right in front. And that is whether or not you should do the bike. I think it depends on your personality and why you want to build it. And there are certain people that should not build an e-bike. And there are other people that I would say, if you are, let's just call them type A and type B. If you're type A, no, you should never build your own e-bike. If you're type B, then not yes, you should, but yes, you should consider it. And 
I'm not just saying this because I want to sell you complete electric bikes. I am saying this because of the economies of scale and things that go into manufacturing. So let's first explain person A. You just found out about electric bikes. You've started doing research and you're really excited about the prospect of owning an electric bike, of riding an e-bike. And instead of finding a bike that you really, really like and you just want to buy it, you found something you liked about a certain bike. And then you do some more research and you find another thing that you like. And then you find a third and a fourth and a fifth. And you start growing this list of parts and pieces and features that you really want to have, but you can't find it easily on an e-bike that's just ready for sale. So there isn't one that's exactly what you want. And you think, hmm, well, maybe I can just assemble what I want and I can save some money. You know, it doesn't have to be exactly with all of those features, but that's the general idea. You can kind of get where I'm going with this. There's certain things you want. It's not a deal breaker, but you're thinking, well, because I want all these things, maybe I can save some money by building it myself. But in the end, what you really want is to ride an e-bike. You don't actually want to build it because maybe the thought of assembling it is a little bit scary or it's not that interesting. You know, maybe you really don't want to tinker with it. You'd rather have some support or be able to take it to somebody to work on it or fix it. But you're just trying to, to find the bike that you want. I mean, if that's kind of where you're leaning, then I kind of would say that's the type A personality. And I'd probably recommend that you don't build one because there are so many options on the market. I can't sell every single e-bike or every single type of e-bike that everybody wants. And no one e-bike company can, but odds are very, very good these days that there is a bike that's going to meet most of your needs. And maybe after you buy it, you make a couple of small changes to get it just dialed in perfect the way you want it. But if you're really not that interested in building it and you just kind of want to do it to save money for the most part, I wouldn't recommend it. And the reason I say that is because if you go buy a bike, you know, if we're talking new parts, so let's compare new bike to new parts. If you go buy a new bicycle or new bike parts and you start adding all of those little things up and then you add in a motor kit and you add in a battery, you'll find really quickly that you could be within a few hundred dollars price-wise of a bike that's already assembled and ready to go. And you're going to have to do all of the work that goes into it. And you're going to have to invest some money in tools. And if you value your time or anything, then it, it doesn't pencil out that well. I'll be honest, I used to do a lot of custom bikes and builds and things. And right now we've kind of had to put that on pause. I'm not saying that we've stopped doing it because depending on how things go in the future, if we get uh, more time, I would love to do more custom builds. I like building it. I'm the type B personality. I like to build it just because I like to build things. I could build a bike, look at it, be happy with it. Even if I never got to ride it, I enjoy building things so much. But I don't have the time to do that right now. So we're not taking any custom orders. But the reason I bring that up is because if someone came to me right now and they said, I want you know, this type of bike, I want this motor, this battery, and I want you to do the work. I want you to put it together. By the time they add up those parts and pieces, and then my labor to actually build the bike, they could have bought something else that I have or someone else has already done for less money. 
because my time's valuable. The parts are more expensive when purchased individually versus in bulk with a production batch of bikes. So cost-wise, it can save you money if you're not counting your time and you already have all the tools you need or you know somebody who has all the tools you need. If you're just looking to save money, I don't think it makes sense because I'll be honest, when I'm ordering hundreds of bikes at a time, obviously there's an economy of scale, there's efficiency that's there. We can put them together very, very affordably and sell them to you, make a profit, and also provide you a really good bike for a really good price. Once again, if you're the type A personality, maybe this doesn't make sense. And I don't want to shoot you down completely because yes, any bicycle can be converted to an e-bike. There's a lot of options, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's the best thing for you. So let's move on to the type B personality. Let's say you're like me and you just enjoy the tinkering. You enjoy the building process and you are so meticulous and so specific about you, what you want that you know no e-bike that's on the market is going to satisfy what you're looking for. You just want something one of a kind, exactly the way you want it. The only way to make that happen is to build it and you're going to love building that bike and riding it as well once it's done. In that case, maybe you should consider that and take a look at what does it cost? You know, it doesn't make sense. And if you have the budget for it, then of course, you know, we can take that thing off the the list of things to worry about. And then you can look at the tools and what's required. And you can also look at it from a, a partial perspective. In other words, maybe you don't build the entire bike 100% from the frame up. Maybe you buy a bike or you already have a bike that's close and you're just converting it. Or maybe you're getting a frame that has a wheel set already and you just need to add a few pieces. There's a whole level of either building or converting for turning your own bike into an e-bike that can happen there. And some people just love the experience. It's more like a hobby at that point as far as the building side. And so if you enjoy the building as much as the riding, then why not? I would say, sure, go ahead, build the bike. And if I have any of the parts available to help you, of course, I'd be happy to supply those to you. I'm not going to stop you from doing that whatsoever. I had a gentleman in here the other day who bought just a couple of simple parts, a frame and some other things, because he wants to start his own build. And, you know, he's not sure which direction exactly it's going to go, but he has something custom in mind that uh, he's not going to be able to buy. And I think that's great. I love to see your creations. I love to see what people come up with because the e-bike industry as a whole sometimes benefits leaps and bounds when people like you that are the tinkers build something or change something and suddenly everybody else sees that, whoa, look at what that guy did over there. I didn't think of that. And that is so much better than what we've been doing. And I think other people should do that too. And so we all learn from each other. And that's why I say I don't want to discourage anyone from tinkering or working on their own e-bike in that manner, because some of the greatest e-bikes, some of the greatest creations I've ever seen are those do-it-yourself type things, and they are not production factory bikes in any way. But for those that uh, aren't quite as handy and don't want to invest the, the time, thankfully there's a lot of good not just good, but great e-bike options with a whole range of prices. And I think that you can find something that's going to work for you and you'll be extremely happy with. So 
either way, there is a solution. <laughs> and the answer is not yes or no, whether or not you should convert your existing e-bike or your existing bicycle. I have such a hard time saying bicycle without saying e-bike. I hope you guys can, can see why I say that. It's because I talk about e-bikes so much more than regular bicycles at this point in my life, which is just a crazy thing to even consider. But that's where things are at right now. I want to cover one more thing about this, and that is, let's say you are the type of person that's going to convert it. You already have a bike in mind, or you already have a bike in your garage. You want to convert it, and you want to determine if it's a good candidate. So you already know that you are not afraid of doing the work. You're not afraid of the tools, the cost. All of those things are already out of the way. I've got this bike. I want to convert it. Is this a good bike to convert? And there are a few simple tips that I want to cover that would help to choose, if that makes sense, for a given bike that's already out there. Now, before I give you these few tips, I want to tell you one tip that I have from when I used to convert a lot of bikes and I was doing custom jobs. Let's say somebody called me up and they said, I want a mountain bike with these specifications, this specific motor, this battery size, uh, and it's unique enough that this doesn't exist, you know, something's custom is going to have to be put together. I would recommend instead of buying all of those individual parts and pieces, go buy a brand new bike at a reasonable price and then convert it. Find a bike that has all of the bicycle components you have, then buy the electrical parts because it is so much cheaper to buy a complete bike, even brand new. You can always go on Craigslist and find something used, but then it's questionable of how good the parts are. But even if you buy a brand new bike and then buy the electrical components separately and put those things together, it's just so much cheaper to do that versus buying each and every piece individually. So just a little bit of a tip there. And the reason I say that is because there's companies like bikesdirect.com that sell mountain bikes and their prices are a lot lower because they're a direct consumer site as opposed to your local bike shop. I'm not saying don't support your local bike shop. You should, if that makes sense. But the reason I say Bikes Direct, for example, is because they'll ship the bike to your door. And if you're considering converting a bicycle, I said it right that time, to an electric bike, then you're not going to be afraid of the small tinkering you might have to do to get a bike set up out of the box. And also, once you convert it, if you bought the bike from your local bike shop, they may be a little bit hesitant about doing service or warranty or anything on that bike once you've added some electric components anyway. So the benefits of the local bike shop don't really go into play. They don't really help as much when you're doing a conversion versus an online purchase. Uh, but anyway, that's just my two cents on that. I think it makes sense to look at some of the new bikes that are very reasonably priced. Buy one if you really want to build something. Get the specific electric pieces, put them on there, and then you can end up with a great bike Price might be comparable to something you could have bought that's already done, but you can be more specific in what you want. Now, the tips that I talked about. Does a bike make sense? First, let's talk about brakes. This is the number one thing that I ask people when they tell me, hey, I've got this bike. Do you think it makes a good conversion bike? I say, what kind of brakes does it have? And every once in a while, somebody says, well, it's an older bike. It's got some rim brakes and, you know, it's got a coaster brake on the back. And I usually just stop them right there and say, you know, if you're going to make an electric bike yourself, I think you just really consider how much weight are you adding to the bike? How much faster is it going to go than what it was originally designed for? And are the brakes on the bike going to be 
adequate to stop you on that bike. And odds are, if it has mold rim brakes or something or a coaster brake, like I mentioned, the answer to that's going to be no. And then if you start adding the cost of buying a new wheel set that's disc brake compatible, uh, welding on a rear mount for a disc brake, changing out the fork for the front, then you can very, very quickly get into that point where it's like, oh, I could just buy another bike and use that instead. And this one really doesn't make sense to convert. So number one, look at the brakes. How are they set up? Can they be updated to something with enough stopping power for an electric bike? If they can't, then I I just wouldn't use it. There's so many better options out there. It just doesn't make sense to use an old bike with less than adequate brakes. Number two, battery space. Where are you going to put the battery? This is a tricky one because some people have these awesome downhill mountain bikes. They got cool suspension. They got awesome brakes. They're super tough, but then there's no room in the triangle for battery. Well, that's a problem. There are a couple of solutions. One is you can hack the frame up and do some custom welding and heat treating and and go the just full-blown DIY route. You're really getting into it, and that's going to take a lot of work and a lot of time. I've seen people do it, and I think some of those bikes look awesome, but the difficulty is extremely high. Uh, Option number two, which I think is a lot easier, is you can do a backpack battery. So it might sound a little bit strange, but it's actually pretty common for DIY people who are going with like a super high performance mid-drive on a downhill mountain bike where you got suspension in the middle and, and there's just not room for a battery on the frame. You just put the battery into a backpack and there are even some specially designed backpacks for batteries. You can have a, instead of just a loose dangling cord, basically you have kind of like an accordion style cord that has some stretch to it, but it kind of soaks up all the slack and those types of things work great for that. Uh, It makes it so it's easy to carry the battery. You're going to have some weight on your back and some people don't like that at all, but that's a sacrifice you might have to make if that's the type of bike you want to choose. If that's a deal breaker, then of course you pick a different bike, (laughs) find a different way to mount a battery on there. But if you know, oh, I'm going to just build this commuter bike, I'm only going to go 10 miles with it. Uh, You know, you don't need a big battery. You might be able to squeeze it in somewhere. If you want huge range, you want to go 50, 60 miles on every ride, you want a big triangle battery, then you may want to make sure that your selection of bike has a nice big triangle opening. Maybe that limits it to a hardtail, but you want to make sure that you have space on the bike to put a battery that's going to suit your needs. And that's going to be different for everyone. But if you're on this path, if you're doing this, you're going to know what those requirements are. So first, make sure you got good brakes. Two, make sure you got space for a battery or be prepared to use a backpack battery if necessary. And then the third thing is motor. What type of motor do you want? Do you want a hub motor? Do you want a mid-drive? And how does that mount to the bike you want to convert? I've seen, once again, downhill mountain bikes. And I mentioned these only a couple of times because they seem to be popular to convert. But sometimes they don't always work the greatest because of the suspension and things for the battery. And sometimes the suspension mechanisms can get in the way of a mid-drive motor mount. And if you really want to use the rear suspension, some people don't like having a bunch of weight in the rear hub. So a mid-drive is kind of the better choice, but where do you put it? So it's just one of those things where you have to be careful about 
the bike choice and how does the motor mount. So I would make sure that you carefully decide what type of motor that you're looking for, see what options, what sizes it comes in, how is it going to mount to the bike you have in question. Because some motors are very versatile and can mount on quite a few different things. Some bikes are very easy to mount motors onto, and some it's, it's rather difficult. Things you can look for. Uh, through axle hubs. That's kind of a newer standard. Some of you may or may not be familiar with it, but that's a different style of hub, a different style of axle. It's, it's beefier than the old little quick-release skewers, and they work great, but if that's the type of bike you have and you want a hub motor, it's going to severely limit your options for hub motors because I think right now there's only one big company I know of that makes a hub motor that's compatible with that type of axle setup. So there is an option. It just limits your options quite severely. Uh, Let's say you can't put it on the back. You want to put it on the front. Well, do you have a suspension fork? Can that fork withstand putting a hub motor on it? Is that going to wear down the fork prematurely or break it? That's a real concern. Uh, And then again, with the mid-drive, depending on the bottom bracket type, you have to see what's going into that. So a lot of variables, and I can't answer all of those questions for you because there's so many different bicycles on the market over, you know, the last hundred years of building bicycles, there's tons and tons of different things out there and different types. But make sure that you have good brakes, number one. Two, you know where you're going to put your battery. And three, you know how your motor is going to mount up to the bike. Those are the three big things. If you've got those three things covered, odds are you can figure out the rest where to mount a screen, where to mount a throttle, all of those things, there are ways to figure it out. You can change handlebars, you can add adapters. I feel like there's, there's workarounds for everything else, where to mount a controller, but the battery, the motor, and the brakes are the things that are not as negotiable, I guess you could say. So I hope that helps. One, helps you decide if you were considering, should I build my own bike, if it makes sense or not to do that. And then two, if you say, yeah, I do think I want to do that, I hope that gives you a few tips to look out for when you're doing your research and doing your due diligence, trying to figure out what parts and pieces you should use. Now, I hope in the future we'll have some kits or sub-assemblies or something to help those that are in the DIY crowd. I know we're a little bit limited on some of the parts and things we have right now, but I do have frames and And sometimes I have motors and things, and not all of these things are even listed on the website. Sometimes people reach out to me and say, oh, I'm looking for a good place to buy this type of motor. I'm like, oh yeah, I got those on the shelf. I just don't tell everybody because I'm limited on the the supply I have of this or that. But I do hope in the future that that's something that we we offer more of. If you want us to offer more of those things, please do reach out, send us an email, say, hey, I would love to do something. Here's some parts I'm looking for. Just let me know in the future if you're going to carry those things, and we'd be happy to respond to you. Now, once again, thank you for listening to the Bolton eBikes podcast. I do appreciate each and every one of you. If you're new, make sure to go to ebikepodcast.com, sign up to that email list, make sure you get notifications when podcast episodes come out, and enter to win a free bike. There's no harm in entering to win a free electric bike. And congratulations again to our last winner, Dewey from Oakland. And I am really excited because I'm waiting on a bike to show up. I'm going to film a video. I'm going to release it. It's going to be awesome. And I'm going to give one of those bikes away pre-production model 
before anyone else. Very excited. I've hinted at this bike a few times. Some people might have some details here and there. Nobody's got the full story, I guarantee it. But I have a new bike being launched soon, and we're going to do a giveaway right off the bat to make sure people are aware of that. But once again, thank you for listening to the Bolton E-Bikes podcast. Come back for another episode next Tuesday. Thank you.